ഹിറീംഹിറീംഹിറീംഹിറീംഹിറീംഹിറീംഹിറീംഹിറീംഹിറീംഹിറീംഹിറീംഹിറീംഹിറീംഹിറീംഹിറീംഹിറീംഹി
Stop. That family is not going to continue. That surname won't continue because the whole family is wiped out. Perhaps it was last week, one massacre. About hundred people of one family were wiped out. And that's the end of the family. That family won't be, won't, won't continue anymore. So respected friends, it should not be that we have gone into our comfort zone of a holiday. So because it's holiday for us, on that side of the world, perhaps it's holiday also. In fact, on these days, they capitalize that the whole world is involved in other things. There's distraction so we can go on and we can commit more atrocities. So one is the response of depression, which is also incorrect. And the other is the response of being immune and becoming insensitive to the plight of our brothers and sisters. And this also is not correct. We have heard many, many discussions already about Gaza, about Palestine, about Beitul Muqaddas, about Masjid Al-Aqsa. We have heard perhaps different analysis on the situation. We have heard many Jummah talks on it as well. We have been exposed to various types of media channels, whether it be mainstream media, that is spewing the worst type of lies. And many of that lies has been exposed in this, in this war. Perhaps one of the great victories and positives of this war is it has exposed the lies of mainstream media that we, were be, that we were believing all along. All those lies are coming out very clear. So whether it's mainstream media that has been our source of information, whether it's alternate media, fair enough. But as Muslims, our starting point is always Quran and Hadith. That will give us the right perspective. Our perspective is not the perspective of the news. Is not the perspective of some analysis. It's the perspective of Quran and Hadith that will shape our mind. And inshallah, if that shapes our mind, then we won't have confusion. Then we won't become depressed. Then we won't lose ourselves. Yes, we will feel the hurt, we will feel the pain. But we will feel a sense of strength. And we will feel a sense of positivity. Obviously, in a short Juma talk, we don't have too much of time. But I will try to go through a few ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, specifically relating to this land. So for us to understand the importance of this war, the importance that it holds not for the people of Gaza alone, the importance it holds for the entire ummah. And inshallah, this will be a new beginning for the rise of the Ummah. One is the famous ayat of the Quran Sharif that I have read in the beginning. We have heard many a times. I'm not going to the translation of it. But just that point where Allah says, Barakna hawla. That we have placed Barakah in the precincts of Masjid Al-Aqsa. Allah doesn't say we bless Masjid Al-Aqsa. Allah says we place Barakah in the surroundings of Masjid Al-Aqsa. So we can understand the Barakah in this land. The barakah, one is material barakah. Anyone goes to these Mubarak lands and ask him about the fruit and the produce of this land. Amazing. Why the barakah, material barakah that Allah has placed in that land. And then the spiritual barakah which Allah has placed in that land. Such barakah that there is no piece of land that enjoys this one privilege. That at the same point, at the same time, every Nabi from Adam wasalam. Right to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam performs salah at one given time on that piece of land. Apart from the thousands of malaika that would have been there at that time. So what barakah this land enjoys. And obviously the precincts of Baytul Muqaddas as well enjoys this, this barakat and these blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The amount of anbiya alayhi wa sallam that lived there. 
that have passed away there, that have been buried there. We may be seeing a name in the news, Khalil or Hebron. Do we understand how many Anbiya are buried beneath that land? Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, Ishaq alayhi salatu wasalam, Yaqub alayhi salam, Yusuf alayhi salam, all buried in Masjidul Khalil, all buried in Hebron, where there's so much of tension going on. The respected friends, this is a very, very important place on, on earth. And it has to be very close to our heart. Allah says, Barakna awlahu. There are so many ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam relating to the land of Sham. When we hear the word Sham, we think Sham is Syria. Sham is not only modern day Syria. Syria was part of Sham. The, the prime spot in Sham was Philistine, was Baytul Muqaddas. That was the pride of Sham. That was the focal point of Sham. Syria, Jordan, Palestine, Lebanon, northern Egypt, southern Turkey, all form part of the land of Sham. When Rasulullah spoke about Sham, he did not speak about the Syria of today only. He spoke about this entire land. So many ahadiths regarding this land. Yes, one or two ahadiths. Again, for us to understand the importance and significance of this land and of the people of that land. Nabi says in one hadith of Tabarani, Safwatullahi min ardihi. It is the chosen land of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wa fiha safwatuhu min khalqihi wa ibadihi. And in this land reside the chosen servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's a chosen land and a chosen people. Not those people that claim to be chosen. These are people that have been endorsed by the Nabi of Allah that these are chosen people. Then in another hadith, Nabi Islam says, Inna Allaha takaffala li bishami wa ahli. Narration of Hakim. Nabi Islam says that Allah has taken the responsibility on my behalf to look after and to take care of the people of Sham and the land of Sham. We are surprised. How are these people managing 85 days, no water, no light, constant bombardment? How are they managing? They are managing because there is that divine assistance and help that is with them. Something that we will never understand. We will never understand it because we don't enjoy that. Those people enjoy it. After 85 days, every child, every person there will still say, that we were born in this land, we will die in this land, we're moving nowhere. Try how much you want to move us on this land, we're not going. Why? Allah has taken responsibility of those people. Allah has taken the responsibility on behalf of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Another hadith of Hakim, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam says, an amazing narration. Nabi sallallahu says, at the time when there will be fitnas, trials and challenges in my ummah, if you're looking for Iman, look for Iman in Sham. This is a paraphrase translation. The literal translation is, at the time of fitna, Iman will be in Sham. Now we're wondering, how are these people managing? How can they speak with that confidence? Because Nabi Islam has said, you're looking for Iman, it will be there. It was a few days ago, one of the doctors, very high profile in the health ministry, his family was taken, family was shaheed, he was injured. The words that come out from his mouth, amazing. When I heard this, I was surprised. He says, Allahum, Ya Allah, Ya Rabb, khud min amwalina, khud min dima'ina hatta tarda. He says, Oh Allah, 
take how much of blood you want to take from us until you happy. Khud min min auladina hatta tarda. His children became shaheed. He says, Oh Allah, take how many children will make you happy. Can we speak something like this? We have one small difficulty in our life. Allah forbid we start questioning the decision of Allah. These people have lost everything. But they still can speak like that. That child comes out from the rubble and says, Hasbunallahu wa ni'mal wakil. This level of iman is because Muhammadur Rasulullah said, At the time of fitna, this is where iman will be. That strength of iman. Respected friends, it's something for us to take lesson from. What is the level of our iman? How much can we manage? We can't manage 1000% of what they're going through. We can't even manage that. Nothing we can manage, no difficulties we can manage compared to what they're going through. This is the level of iman. And this has to be an inspiration for us. So whilst it hurts us, let us take the positives out of it. That these are the people of iman that Nabi Islam spoke about. These are the chosen people that Nabi Islam spoke about. These are the people that are enjoying that divine protection. This was general regarding the lands of Sham. Now come more specific. Nabi Islam in the Ahadith spoke about Asqalan. Today there is a place called Ashkelon, 13 kilometers from the Gaza border. Perhaps the whole area at that time was known as Asqalan. So many narrations. Nabi Islam speaks about Asqalan, speaks about the Shuhada, the martyrs of Asqalan. He spoke about the Qabristan of Asqalan. Nabi Islam mentioned narration of Sunan Sa'id bin Mansur. Rahimallahu ahl al-Maqbara. May Allah have mercy on the people of the graveyard. Three times he mentioned it. Perhaps it was Aisha radiallahu that asked, Oh Nabi Islam, are you speaking about Baqi? Nabi Islam said, I'm not speaking about Baqi. Tilka maqbaratun takunu bi Asqalan. That is a graveyard that will be in Asqalan. Today the whole of Gaza has become a graveyard. In the pathways, there's covers everywhere, there's mass graves. Nabi Islam made dua for the Qabristan, for the graveyard of Asqalan. Ata rahimahullah, famous great scholar of Islam. He would spend 40 days every year in Ribat, guarding the Islamic frontiers in Asqalan because of this hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 40 days every year, he would spend in Asqalan in Ribat. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa mentions in one hadith, amazing hadith again, as I mentioned in the beginning, our perspective is not the perspective of the news. Our perspective is the perspective of Quran and hadith. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa in this hadith of Musnad, in this hadith of Tabrani, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa mentioned the timeline of this ummah. He mentioned the timeline of this ummah. And he says, أَوَّلُ هَذَا الْأَمْرِ نُبُوَّةٌ وَرَحْمَةٌ that the initial period of this ummah will be the period of nubuwa. The period when Nabi Wasallam is in this ummah, and that will be a period of rahmah and mercy from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Obviously the presence of Rasulullah was a means of great rahmah for the ummah. Nabi Wasallam goes on to say, ثُمَّ تَكُونُ خِلَافَةً وَرَحْمَةً After the period of nubuwa will be the period of khilafah, the khulafah rashidun the four Sahaba radiallahu anhum, and a short period thereafter, the period of Khilafah, and this will be a period of Rahmah and mercy for the Ummah. Then obviously not to the level of the mercy in the time of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa Then he went on to say, ثُمَّ يَكُونُ مُلْكًا وَرَحْمَةً Then it will be a period of dynasties, a period of kings, but this also will be a means of Rahmah for the Ummah. So at that time there were people to stand up for the Ummah. Although they may have not been to the level of the time of Khulafa al-Rashidun, 
Maybe they may have had their personal weaknesses. Some of the kings of the Banu Umayyah, but the Banu Abbas, etc. But by and large, there was still Rahmah for this Ummah. No one will interfere with this Ummah because they knew that this Ummah had strength. There will be someone to stand up for this Ummah. We find incidents of that nature. Thereafter, Nabi Muhammad said, then there will be smaller kingdoms. Smaller kingdoms. Imaratan wa Rahmah. But that also there will still be some rahmah for the ummah. And then Nabi Wasallam says, ثُمَّ يَعُودُ جَبَرِيَّةِ then the, then the whole landscape will change. And it will become a period of dictatorship. Look at the period that we are living in. Look at every country. It's a period of dictatorship that we are living in. Hundred years ago we lost the Khilafah. Up till the time the, 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 the Ottomans were in rule. Although they may have had their weaknesses etc. But there was still someone to speak on behalf of the Ummah. For the last hundred years, the Ummah has been suffering to such an extent that there's no one that can stand up for the Ummah. The Beast Muslim says, Ya'udu Jabariyah, it will be a period of dictatorship. Yatakadamuna alayhi takadum al-hamir. The Beast Muslim says, they will fight for leadership and for power. Like how donkeys fight for food and fodder. When donkeys are hungry, they can't bear their hunger. And they will fight for that fodder. The Prophet says that will be the condition of the rule of this ummah. That people will be fighting for power. Look at the people in position. Many of them, if not most of them, had to kill someone to come into leadership. This is the state of the ummah. And then at that point, the Prophet says, the entire timeline was explained. And he says at this time of dictatorship, فَعَلَيْكُمْ بِالْجِهَادِ Then hold firm unto jihad. وَإِنَّ أَفْضَلَ جِهَادِكُمْ الْرِبَاطِ And the best form of jihad is ribat. Ribat, as we explained, guarding the Islamic frontiers. And not anywhere. Nabi Wasallam gave a specific location. وَإِنَّ أَفْضَلَ رِبَاطِكُمْ أَسْخَلَانِ and the best place to make ribat, the best place to guard the Islamic frontiers is Asqalan. We have only heard today about the Al-Qassam Brigade. The Al-Qassam Brigade was making ribat on that land for tens of years, for more than ten years. Approximately ten years or more they are making ribat. Hear those people and what they say. They say, Ardur ribat. This is the land of ribat. They understand the hadith of Nabi Wasallam. They understand the important role that they are playing. We have not understood the importance of these people. We have not understood the importance of this war. Respected friends, it is no ordinary war. Let us not be fooled. It is no ordinary war. It is a very, very great war. The Prophet says he's prophesied this time. He's prophesied ribat in Asqalan. Those people are upholding an important prophecy of Rasulullah We will terminate on this one last hadith. And this hadith also, so clear, such clear description by Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When we hear all of this, the only thing that we need to say is Sadaqa Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi sallallahu was so accurate, he was so true. 1400 years ago, he told us exactly what's going to happen today. And we're seeing it happening. It should only increase our confidence in our deen. There is no religion in the world that can show something even one-fifth or maybe one-hundredth of this. This is the level of our deen, the richness of our deen. Nabi Islam explains, Hadith of Musta Ahmad, he says, لا تزال طائفة من أمتي على الدين الظاهرين 
there will always be one group of my ummah that will be in, that will be holding firm unto deen li aduwihim qahirin they will be suppressing and overpowering the enemy what nabi sallallahu is saying they will be holding firm to the deen they will be overpowering the enemy let us not be fooled by mainstream media that the that the enemy is winning the enemy has already been defeated it's just that they don't know how to save their face and come out from there they don't know how to save their face and come out from there the amount of losses and damage that has been caused to them never in their history they ever experienced such thing like this it is that special help of allah which is with these people inshallah and this is what is making them so bravely put up that front not one single agenda an aim of the war has been fulfilled after 85 days of bombing 85 days the best military in the world perhaps and you've got the support of the best military but you can't wipe out a small group why because that group has got that stem from rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that they will overpower the enemy try what you want threatening to flood the tunnels put gas in the tunnels and what not nothing has happened today not a single hostage has been taken out alive last week the elite force the golani brigade was pulled out of gaza and military analysts say you only pull out a brigade if 40% of its power has been lost that high profile from 1948 is fighting the main brigade has been pulled out of gaza it's just a matter of how do we save our face in the world and come out nicely without causing it for ourselves respected friends let us not be fooled by what we seeing in the media Let us understand that these people are special people. Sufwatullahi min khalqihi. Moving on very quickly, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, لا يضرهم من خالفهم. Whoever can stand in opposition to them will not harm them. The superpowers of the world, so-called superpowers of the world, can stand in opposition. It's not going to harm them. In another narration, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, لا يضرهم خذلان من خذلهم. Whoever can forsake them. will forsake them but that won't affect them they have been forsaken by their own brethren by their own muslim countries around can't allow a bottle of water to go in without the permission of the enemy they will make arrangements for the enemy but can't make arrangements for these people muhammadur rasulullah sallallahu said la yadurruhum khidlanu man khadalahum whoever forsakes them that won't even harm them they will still remain so firm yes there will be atrocities There will be killing, there will be bombing, there will be children that are being massacred. But Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam also prophesized that he said illa ma asabahum min lawa. He says yes, difficulties will come to them. Difficulties will come to them. They will have to undergo difficulties. So that Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam also prophesized that that is, that is going to happen, but that 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 is not going to break them. That is not going to allow them to to be destroyed. So and then he says hatta ya'tiyahum amrullah this will continue until qiyamah this group is not going to be defeated when sahaba asked may allah reward them they asked on our behalf sahaba asked oh nabi of allah ainahum where are these people because if we just heard the hadith we won't know exactly when nabi sallallahu alaihi is speaking about we will think there may be some other places in the world so nabi sallallahu says bi baitil maqdis wa bi aknafi baitil maqdis These people are in Beitul Muqaddas and the precincts of Beitul Muqaddas. Again, what precise location? Nabi Muhammad is explaining exactly 
that this is where this group will be. When we look at what's going on, and we look at the hadith of Rasulullah exactly as Nabi Islam explained, great opposition against them, not defeating them. They have been forsaken by, the, by most of the world. That's not affecting them. The difficulties that are coming to them, Nabi Islam said, the difficulties will come to them. But these people will be firm on their deen, and they will oppose their enemy. Respected friends, as we mentioned in the beginning, 85 days have gone. We should not become depressed. In fact, when I gave this talk somewhere else, someone told me, instead of feeling sorry for them, now we are envious of these people. They are such special people. Yes, the difficulties are there, we will feel hurt about it. But they are very special people. That Allah has chosen them for a very special task. A special people for a special task. Nabi Islam has prophesied this land, prophesied about Asqalan, prophesied about Iman being here. The lesson for us is that we need to take lesson. What is the level of our Iman? Where do we feature in the bigger picture of things? Allah forbid, Allah save us. It should not be that when our Iman is tested, we fail the test of Iman. And as we said in the beginning, another response which is a wrong response is we become immune to what's going on. We become so involved in our holiday, in our luxuries, etc. Allah forbid sometimes breaking the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whilst our brothers and sisters are involved in this very, very great task. Respected friends, I'll conclude on this point. Those people don't require our assistance. They have the divine assistance. They don't require our du'as. They have the du'as of Muhammad Rasulullah It is our honor and our fortune that when these people rise, our du'a also assisted in that rise. That will be an honor for us. Our two cents was part of that rise of Islam. It's our fortune and our honor. Let us take this very close to our heart. Let us take it dear to our heart. Let us make dua in earnest for these people. Not forgetting like how when we go through some problem in life, how we will make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And at the same time, let us make resolutions to make positive changes in our life. Ya Allah, those children are being massacred there, but I can't wake up for Fajr. Those children can't sleep the whole night, but I can't wake up for Fajr. How far am I from these people that are sacrificing everything for the sake of Allah? I am breaking the commands of Allah openly while these people are going through these kind of difficulties. There has to be some type of remorse, some type of embarrassment, and this should induce some positive change in our lives. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for the ummah, wherever they may be. Especially these chosen people. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us with these great qualities. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to see that day when Islam will rise once again. Wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina wa Muhammad wa Ali wa sahbihi